and welcome to uh, Sheffield Hopcast. We are it's kind of mid-September time, uh, and uh, this week's episode and. Um, I have definitely not just come up with this uh, episode title. I've been working on this for a long time. It's not just come to me in the last 30 seconds. It's entitled Last of the Summer Beers because it's been a glorious day today. So we're going to enjoy um, a, a kind of a sunshine beer for the final time. If you're, if you're watching the video of this, you'll see we've got a couple of our uh, couple of regulars. We've got a special guest who, who, who Sean's brought with him. I'm going to get Sean to introduce him in a minute. You'll notice that Laura isn't here but she is so laura is going to join us through the the, the magic of modern technology i sound like i'm about 80 years old when i say that don't i um laura is now is now going to join us from somewhere that is not laying on her bed oh. uh and and here she is so uh laura you join us we've not even done the introductions yet we are right at the start <laughs> of the uh of the episode. I don't think she can hear us, so I'm probably talking to myself right now. Um, and in <laughs> fact, she's. I can just see a light. This is not going quite how I expected it to. While Laura <laughs> attempts to connect to the audio, let's say hello to um, Sean. And Oh, Laura's here. Hi, Laura. You're muted. Can't hear Laura. Uh, you are muted, yes. Hi. Can you hear me now? We've yes. got you. We were, we were just about to go to Sean for him to do his little hello. But see, seeing as you are actually out doing stuff, we'll come to you yes. first. The most important question is where are you and what are you doing? How exciting is this? Um, tell me if you can't hear me because it is a bit noisy here, but uh, I've got my little... Uh, so, I am in Leeds for Jim's birthday and we have just arrived at... See if you can tell from my glass... So we've been here all day, uh, so I apologise if this is total shambles. But uh, I have just got, uh, haven't tried it yet actually, I've got the uh, Duration Brewing Shifting Baselines, which is a uh, mosaic hopped 5% pale ale. Um, really, really like duration. Uh, spent Thanksgiving down at their farm last year. Lovely, lovely uh, people who run it, Mike and Miranda, making some great beer. Fairly new brewery that I don't think we've had before in here. Uh, so I feel like I'm managing to tick a lot of boxes. <laughs> it is, it's a cracking colour. It's a very good colour. I'm impressed. Mm. Um, tell us about your day in Leeds then, because um, against all odds, you've picked an, an unbelievable day to go for a few beers in, well, anywhere today, because it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, we have spent most of the afternoon in air-conditioned venues, um, so we haven't had that much time in the sunshine. Um, but we've uh, been to North Brewery's uh, new newish uh, tap room down near the station, uh, which was really good. Uh, had a piñata that was tasted amazing, um, and a few bow buns in there. Um, we've also been up to the Turk's Head, which is uh, next door to White Locks. Uh, I think it's probably my favourite Leeds bar. Um, and yeah, now we're in Bundobust. Uh, I'm planning tomorrow to go to hopefully Friends of Ham and uh, Belgrave Music Hall. So we're keeping it fairly, you know, we're not going crazy and not going to too many places. That still feels a bit of an odd thing to do. Uh, but just having a nice time and a few beers in all of the places we've picked. So it's going well so far. Everywhere's very well behaved and loads of space and all of that kind of thing. So yeah, good. it's been a good day so far. 
Good to hear. Uh, it is also noted, Laura, uh, that you are indeed alive because after the uh, last <laughs> podcast that we did and you were telling us about your, uh, your, your other break that you'd got um, coming up, which I can't remember where it was, but it was like some kind of, what was it, like a gypsy caravan in the middle of a yeah. field with some horses and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I was convinced that you were, uh, that we'd probably never see you again. So it is good to see that you are there, all limbs intact and everything. Yes. They were all fat. The biggest drama that we had while we were there was uh, Buttercup the cow got loose and rampaged <laughs> past our caravan. Buttercup. So, uh, yeah, it was all uh, very wholesome and very, very lovely. Brilliant. So, so, that yeah. Buttercup the cow. <laughs> I thought you said Uppercut. What a knobhead. Smiles better. <laughs> So what, that sound um, like a steak for you, Adam. <laughs> upper, upper cut steak. <laughs> what, um, what have you got, Jim, for his birthday? Um, a bottle of beer and a bottle of whiskey, which aren't very inspired presents, really. But you know, the very um, appropriate presents, though. Can't can't argue with it. Right, cool. Are, you, are you hanging around? Jim's or birthday or... today, by the way. It's Jim's tomorrow. birthday today. Oh. It's his birthday. Shall I show you birthday, Eve, Jim? Hey. Hi, Jim. <laughs> there we go. Anyone, anyone that's listening to the podcast version of this has no idea what's going on now. Very, Sorry. very confused by a few times. <laughs> if we, um, if you know anyone that's ever tried singing "Happy Birthday" to someone on Zoom, it's terrible. It goes awfully bad because of the delays and stuff like that. So I think we should do that later on. Laura, are you are you hanging about, or are you um, going to go uh, and head off? Or well, I am being slightly antisocial with my headphones in. Okay. We are waiting for food, so I should Fair probably enough. head off. Uh, but I am. I'm gonna wait and see what you're all drinking because I'm interested, and then I might disappear if that's okay. Keep coming okay. back. <laughs> well, on that note, um, let's go to uh, Sean and say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, James, Adam, and oh. hello, Dave, Laura, and Jim. Um, I've, I've gone for a yeah. I've gone for a, a douze point. Douze point, Adam. Douze point. That's right, yeah. isn't it? I've gone for my favourite. Um, I normally pick something out that's not a core beer and everything else, but I've gone for my uh, favourite summer slurper. Uh, my favourite core um, IPA from any brewery, really, and that's Transmission from North. So I didn't know. I knew Laura was perhaps going to join us, uh, but I didn't know they were in Leeds until this morning, so I thought I'd tie it all in together. I did have a transmission. I know Adam likes it as well. So I'm going for a transmission. I'm going to drink it. This is a bit like having a, I suppose, a, a pint of Cantillon in a Guinness glass served. I'm going to drink it in my, uh, my new uh, Struis glass uh, from Belgium. Because uh, we've had a delivery of their beers this week. They go on sale tomorrow. And I've nicked one of the six glasses, but we're going to give five of these away tomorrow. So uh, uh, by the time people start listening to this, there'll be five people who've got a new Struis glass as well. And Dave was after one as well, I think. Uh, I remember a, a, a private message came across to me. Uh, but he's not yet in the hat, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, by the way, I think you, you want me to introduce Dave. Uh, you remember many, many years ago, uh, as we got started with this, I, I suggested to the group that if we ever got to a week where things were so desperate that we didn't have a clue who to invite or what to talk about, <laughs> um, and we, we, of course, had three or four guests give up on us earlier today, so we went right to the bottom of the bourbon barrel and dug up. <laughs> and dug up. That, that, and is, dug that up. is 
bourbon, that's just one step too far. <laughs> so we, we dug up Dave, but we, we, we always had you up the sleeve, Dave. We knew it would be a, um, an exciting episode, despite the fact that you've only just smiled since we went live. Uh, we always knew it would be an exciting episode uh, to have you on. So I'm going to have a, a transmission. Happy birthday, Jim. Cheers for coming on, Dave. I'll pour it now. I've also just, uh, I've just, I've got this on my phone and I've never done it on my phone before. So I had no idea Dave was there and I've just swiped. Oh, it's Dave! Sean, <laughs> uh, for the listeners, are you going to fully introduce Dave or are you just going to stick with Dave? Uh, no, we'll let, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let Oh, what, what you mean is his surname or Dave Unpronounceable, of course, the uh, co-founder and uh, current head brewer at Steel City Brewing. Oh, he's got a bottle launch this week. Oh, excuse me, can launch this week. So we'll let him talk about that in a bit as well. Cheers. Very exciting. Um, so, Dave, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Um, so we will um, talk to you about your can launch in a bit. First of all, though, what is your beer tonight? Uh, right, I'm probably going to make a complete hash of pronouncing this. Uh, it's from Pivnir Podziemia, Kmielio uh, Karata. Uh, which is a it's a Polish brewery, and this is an IPA with mosaic and sabro hops. Um, so it's, I'm I'm not drinking a sour for once. Um, so it's a new brewery to me from Poland, and it's it's decent. It's got a bit of bitterness to it, a lot of tropical fruit. It's um, a bit of, bit of a sort of hint of coconut. Um, yeah, it's good. It sounds good. It sounds very good. Uh, I love the fact that Dave Unpronounceable has an unpronounceable beer. I mean, we couldn't have made this up. This is fantastic. This is well, brilliant. My, That's... My, my, my unpronounceable name is Polish, and this beer is also Polish. Um, so I ordered... Um, we actually ordered a crate from a shop in Poland a few years ago for a bottle share. Laura was involved in as well. And I've not ordered from them since. And then during lockdown with no pubs, uh, we, well, I just ordered some more. And there's some, there's some really good brewers in Poland. And even with the shipping, it works out about three quid a bottle. So <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? There's some really, really good beers and you can get them for, yeah, three quid a go. So I've mostly been buying sours and imperial stouts, but the odd uh, IPA in there as well. I think it sounds like lockdown in your house has been good fun. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good co- good collection of beers. I remember when I went to uh, uh, Krakow, it's years ago now, it must be about five, six years ago or something, um, and I didn't expect Poland to have a beer scene, and I was amazed, actually, at the fact that so the beer was really good. Um, so, um, yeah, I think um, really good point there. Um, right, I'm going to introduce my beer, and then we'll go to Adam. I want to introduce mine just in case Laura and Jim's food comes and they have to go, uh, because, so Laura, I don't think you were here when we introduced the title of the um, episode, which I made up a few minutes ago, which is um, Last of the Summer Beers. Because um, obviously it's kind of like late summer day. So uh, a beer that is just... Is it a play is, on Last of the uh, Summer Wine, uh, perhaps? Is it, is it ye- a play on, on that? Yes. So, uh, so sure, did, I mean, Sean, you're literally 15 minutes behind conversation here. Are you, are you all right? Who's, who's Compo? <laughs> you. 
<laughs> it's gonna have to be you in it, sure. Probably all have, have you got a flat cap? Go and get yourself a flat cap. You'd look you'd look perfect. Uh, yeah, I have so, got my slippers on. I've gone for uh, an Abbeydale uh, beer. It's a Funk Dungeon uh, beer, uh, which is the barrel-aged sour lager, which I'm intrigued by, but feels like a perfect kind of sat-in-the-sun kind mm. of, of beer. Funk in Drublick, which is really hard to say, 5.2%. Um, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I'll crack this open and we'll say hello to Adam. Good evening. Hello, are you all right? Um, well... In this midst of all the new supermarket beers that seem to have appeared in the last couple of weeks, both Morrison's and Tesco launched new ones, I went in for a nosy, or curiosity, obviously, um, to find uh, limited availability, obviously. Obviously, it's, it's kind of quite a popular thing. So I took a step to the right. This is not the um, time warp, by the way. It's the uh, cha-cha <laughs> slide that you're doing there. I thought maybe I should go for something a little bit more kind of classic and brown bottle, and I've gone for... a. Uh, a proper job by um, St. Ostel Brewery, which um, a Cornish IPA bottle condition, 5.5%. It's kind of one of these beers that a lot of people still seem to, uh, you know, kind of cling on to as a, as a good beer, a supermarket beer. Um, a bit, I suppose a bit like Jaipur or like even even down to something like kind of, you know, Landlord or something that you can still get in bottles. So I know I've not this for probably a couple of years, so it's kind of nice to have a fresh fresh take on it i have cheated a little bit because i did have two options so i've got a chaser um which is um it's the new um thornbridge and salt collaboration that's got into can tupelo uh hazy five and also five and a half percent so i couldn't decide between the two but i thought i'd go traditional mainly but this will uh if i run out I've, uh, but yeah, again, something that's dropped into supermarkets, which I didn't even realise had come out. I have had it on um, on keg a couple of times, but um, mm. yeah, it'd be nice to sort of revisit it. It's a quite a modern, a quite a recent beer as well. So um, yeah, see what that's like as well. Good stuff. Cool. Um, Laura, are you approving of our beer choices? Yeah, it's a very nice mixture, I think. <laughs> Good. Um, we'll let you go like in a minute. I, I, I inadvertently fitted in with the summer theme without even knowing that it was a theme. So. <laughs> yeah, well, no one knew, but not even I knew about the summer theme until after I picked the beers, to be fair. So, um, all right. Um, we normally do this at the end, but we're going to do it now just because you're here, Laura. So we'll do our quick beer selfie. So just hold your bottles and cans and stuff up to the camera uh, and we'll, uh, we'll do our nice big smiles and it'll make a lovely screenshot. There we go. That's perfect. Um, Laura, thank you. Feel free to stay around for as long as you want. If you want to go and, you know, be remotely sociable with your husband and eat your food, um, then please. Yes. Was probably... okra fries. Yeah, can Laura share the uh, Vardipav and okra fries mebbies, uh, when yes. they arrive? Oh, it is actually, our food is just arriving. So, uh, I have better go. All right. Okay, I'll just Good to see you. give you a quick... Quick little preview of my oh. mother's pav. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is looking... Yes, so... It looks good, I can confirm I it looks good. eat all of this carb. But uh, lovely to see you all. Thanks for letting you me too. dive in. And, Pass uh, our best you you Laura. birthday wishes on to, uh, on to Jim and enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks, Ta-da. guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that is uh, Laura. She's she she's gone, and then there were four. Um, right, so we've all got our beers on the uh, go. It's, uh, it's a couple of weeks since we were last here, but it feels like a lot's kind of happened in the last 
couple of weeks because things have things have gone a bit weird again, haven't they? In terms of like you know virus stuff and lockdown, um, pubs and stuff like that. Sean, I'm going to ask you just in case uh, has has the guidance or anything from the market or anything changed, or is is everything kind of just pressing on as normal for for, for you guys? Yeah, things uh, are carried on as normal. We're only allowing uh, one household stroke bubble into the shop at any one time anyway. And it's interesting that a lot of people, uh, we've got signs up, but still not realising that and instinctively just jumping in, sort of uh, looking at the beers and not really realising what, what, what's happening when someone's already in the shop. Um, but the market... Uh, uh, again, is all, all organised, still one entrance, one exit, um, so no real difference. I think the regulation kicks in tomorrow, so they may just tighten things a little bit tomorrow, um, but uh, uh, not, not, nothing that's happened in the last week to, uh, to worry about particularly. Dave, fair to say that you know you enjoy a good pub. Um, how how have you kind of found things over the last few sort of um, uh, weeks? And I guess I mean we probably are talking months now, aren't we? Since pubs pubs reopened, um, it's two months now since the pubs opened. Um, it's interesting because pubs um, up in out in Sheffield more than anywhere. Uh, I've only been to a small selection of pubs. Basically, Crow, Rutland, Shakespeare, a couple of others. Uh, but they've all handled it really well. They've got good systems. And they're, they're managing to apply the, um, you know, the restrictions without actually making it feel like not a pub anymore. Um, you know, I've seen some horror things on, on, on them you know, on, online and you sort of see places like divided up with perspex everywhere and it's just like, it's just not a pub anymore. So Sheffield pubs that I've been in have been really pretty good for sort of that, um, keeping the feel of the place whilst still adhering to um, the ever-changing guidance that they've got. And I think 90-odd 95% of the customers have been good with it as well. They've done what they should and they've accepted that, you know, it's not going to be quite how it was for a little while. Um, seen the odd group sort of, or individual um, that's either people sort of just start to forget. So they start wandering up to the bar and, in places that are table service now. Uh, but I think the pubs have been really good at managing that and sort of, no, you really can't do that. And for the most if it part... Would, it would be appropriate now, perhaps, to mention uh, Shakespeare's, and particularly uh, Lucy, who, who has been very public this week yeah. in terms of uh, of working in, in, in the pub. Uh, none of us work behind the bar, so we're only talking from a point of view of customers and nipping in the odd bar here and there. But from someone that works in a bar on a full-time basis, Lucy agreed with you uh, that 95% of yeah. the people that have been in Shakespeare's over the last few weeks have been absolutely superb. And I'm sure, Dave, you might have been one of those, so congratulations. But the 5% actually yeah. uh, uh, have, have almost sent her over the edge. It's been an utter disgrace yeah. that people still are be behaving like that at such a, a vulnerable yeah. time still for everybody. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Luther wrote that uh, very good piece on Facebook, which uh, perhaps ironically has gone viral. Um, yeah. 
So that's got, I think it had about two and a half thousand shares last time I saw. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I think, yeah, it's just that some people just don't get the, the bar staff and management perspective on it and they don't really, and it is just good to see, put into words, you know, they're not doing it as some sort of power trip or for fun. They are doing it because it's what they have to do to be allowed to run a pub right now. I think, um, um, just thinking back, actually, I think I was on the Beers Without Frontiers podcast since the last one I've done on here. And I think recently from that, I'd, I've gone for like an evening walk and um, I'd, I'd kind of gone towards, I'm not going to name the pub because I feel like I shouldn't, but um I had headphones on listening to a podcast and I could hear noise like probably well over a hundred yards away from even approaching that pub. I'm thinking what, what, you know, you're kind of like just lifting your earphone thinking, what's that noise I can hear? <clears throat> and as I got towards this pub, the, the tire front of it and inside and out was just absolutely just run ragged. Um, minimal staff on all female staff. So probably, you know, maybe not having that quite like presence to be able to, you know, deal with big groups of, men um and i'd actually noticed somebody i knew who was actually part part of that group who kind of noticed me as i walking past so having a quick chat it turned out that i'd like a wake and a lot of people from awake had just basically piled into that pub and it's just that kind of situation where it's like you become overrun you're not really got any kind of like no, no people on the door to be able to kind of manage people coming in and out it, not actually having a, a system in place already to, to to table service so allowing people to go to the bar and it's just like you know so I, I've, I've seen a few quite poor shows and i think even places that i've seen have been very good in the maybe the maybe you know in in july i've seen standards slightly slip i think and, and it's very easy to blame customers. I mean, not in Shakespeare's point, uh, 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 from what I've seen, it's just been businesses not actually just sort of slackening it a little bit, um, not kind of, kind of um, you know, running with that kind of really kind of vigilant, almost like military style kind of um, rules. And I've been able to walk into pubs and, you know, not filling anything, even though they've got something there, there's no kind of, oh, have you filled yeah. it out, you know, if you, you left your name and details and stuff. Um, and I've not, I've not found, apart from that one occasion, it being the actual public, it's been more, more the actual businesses, which is a shame, really. But, um, but it's, again, very, very small minority of places. But um, you know, it's interesting yes. to point out that sort of other side of the fence, I suppose. I have been in one place that had a little sign just as you kind of went in with a number to text your name and um, I assume I think it was name and postcode two for um kind of you know track and trace or whatever it's called um and as we were stood there doing it the woman at the bar went no don't worry about that you don't need to do it and we're like uh, we, we want to do it i mean this it wasn't yeah. you know, i'm not i'm not talking about one of our regular kind of reputable mm. venues that we would normally kind of um go to um but i was quite surprised they were actively discouraging us i mean obviously that changes on monday because it becomes law doesn't it that you've mm. uh, that you've got to and you've got to store the details for 21 uh, for 21 days so i got an update on my phone earlier so i think it's all kind of incorporated into um into phones now which you know be interesting to to see what what i find quite interesting and dave this kind of goes back to what um you were saying 
um, about um, people that are just not are not following it and not doing it. I don't understand it because it's not hard. It's not like we've been asked to do something that's really like taxing. We've just been asked to go in, give you details, sit down, don't go to the bar, enjoy your beer. It's like, it's really not difficult. I don't understand why people are struggling with it or feel like it's some kind of fight, like they've got to fight against this thing. Just enjoy not having to struggle at the bar to get a beer. Just go in, sit down, and it's just a pleasant experience. And I just find it bizarre that there's people who are kind of, you know, kicking off and making life difficult for um, for bar staff. It just, I don't know, it's just it's just beyond me. It's very... Very odd. Sorry, go on. Uh, we're we're near the main. We're near the main entrance to the, the Moor Market, of course, and uh, and so can see uh, people coming in and, and being challenged. And some people are um, again tiny minority, but they, they are taking it as a, a a personal challenge that they want to be sort of. Um, um, big hitting warriors, mostly male. Uh, uh, again, kind of. yeah, yeah, m- mostly male. Uh, nobody tells me anything. I do what I want, and um, and again, giving staff or requiring them. But I, you mentioned there, James. It's not law until tomorrow. So the last few weeks, I suppose, have been a spectacular success. Um, with, with no actual law in place and everything being regarded as guidelines. Um, so perhaps the law might change things, but again, perhaps the horse the horse has bolted already. It's already won the St. Ledger. I was going to say, Dave, as someone who you were saying um, a minute ago about like, you know, the places you've been have not made it kind of feel like a different experience. But as someone who does kind of drink and go abroad quite a lot, I suppose you're quite used to that table service sort of thing and I said that when we first the first time I went to the pub I quite enjoyed that slight difference in kind of a culture where it felt a bit more European I don't know how you're feeling or do you think there might be a slight shift um, or... I, I, I can't see it being a permanent shift because it would it would be a fundamental shift to pub culture and I think people are sort of accepting it as a temporary thing i don't think people are particularly want to move to that sort of model and especially also not obviously at the moment everyone's running with capacity limited capacity and at the moment it's not such an issue because a lot of people are still staying away from pubs which is obviously a separate issue again but you know if, if we get back to normal you know for friday night there aren't enough tables in a pub Mm. for all people who are going to be there so do you turn people away if there's no tables or will people want to just be not allowed to go in and to be told well this pub's full go somewhere else so I, i can't see it becoming something universally accepted and i can't see us moving to a sort of moving to table service culture in pubs in the long term it's, yeah. it's a fair point isn't it and particularly with you know can, are pubs going to start turning people away you know they've got a lot of trade to to make up from you know even now it's not a brilliant period for pubs is it so no. once there is a point whereby those limits aren't there 
I would have thought that the majority, it's not even going to be a want, it's going to be a need to to kind of, you know, take as much customers as, as they can do. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is something that we just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a side effect, isn't it, of what's happened really, this sort of like fact that we can go in pubs and enjoy it in a different sort of way. It, it's, I, I guess it's fairly obvious it's going to be like this for a while. Like, I, I can't see this ending anytime kind of soon. I think, you know, we, we've probably got to, you know, strap ourselves in for the winter is is going to be like this. There's even this possibility, isn't it, about whether or not the, there's you know a, another possibility of a, a shutdown of pubs on the on the cards. I know it's something um, being being kind of rumoured in Scotland a little bit over the last few days, whether something might be coming there in in terms of that with um, with with pubs possibly closing again. So I think we've all just got to kind of roll with this a, a little bit. Dave, I'm, I'm quite interested to to kind of ask you from a um, from a brewing perspective, kind of what what things have been like kind of through lockdown and stuff like that from from the brewing point of view what was that like for me um because of my operation um it's not been such um an issue you know it's not my livelihood so i have to give us that's perhaps an appropriate time to give us some background to your uh, operation so yes. uh, steel steel city brewing give us a, a 30 second start <laughs> of starting now on steel city brewing so 11 years old now um laughable as it may sound now we started because you couldn't get hoppy beers in this country or not very easily um so we set out to make them ourselves so it's not so we being uh, me myself and my former business partner gaza um so we set it up and it's, it, it does run as a business, but as a very much as a sideline. And um, so we don't, we never had our own brewery and I still don't. So I hire uh, at the moment Lost Industry on a brew by brew, brew basis. So with the lockdown, I just didn't brew. Um, I brewed one beer since the lockdown, which was one I did for my regular customers as in pubs um, just called 106 days later um, and uh, yeah so we just sent that to all our regular customers um, plus shameless plug Sean's getting the cans this week um, yeah so I'm still operating on that so I found obviously draft sales for me completely dried up some brewers still managed to do some because some pubs were doing takeaways. Um, the breweries that did best are the ones that are that were already geared up for small pack. So the ones that had canning lines, bottling lines, and had distribution networks. Some of them, the one like if if they're already selling more in small pack than uh, draft then you know home sales obviously went up quite um quite a bit during the lockdown whereas draft sales not quite zero but certainly dropped and now even since the lockdown with the pubs reopened um most of them have fewer cask lines on now than before because they're just not turning the beers over quick enough to be able to have a full lineup so there's less market for cask beer and then keg beer 
I think in a lot of places, the kegs, they've, they've kept the full strength lineup, but they're staying on the bar longer. So again, they're still going through fewer kegs. And also for anything other than uh, hoppy IPA type beers, a lot of the pubs have still got kegs of the stronger, you know, imperial stouts and sours from the before times. So they've not had to dispose of them. So they've, they've got stock of that. So still the opportunity for draft beer sales is still lower than it was before the lockdown. Interesting. You say that actually, cause um, I was in the Nags head, the brewery uh, Bradfield brewery tap this afternoon. And that was absolutely like to capacity outside. They've extended all their car park to seating, but still I think they are maybe eight, eight cask lines on. I think they were running at four. Yeah. And that's it for someone who really, really turns over their, you know, their own beer, which is brewed, yeah. you know, a, a stone's throw away. They've really limited that down to, I mean, I think it has changed, but obviously they're it's still impacting on that kind of place, which usually just shifts. Yeah. That's what they shift. It's just their own cask beer. And then, yeah, down to their kind of core, uh, you know, brown, pale, blonde, and um, farmers, Yorkshire farm or something. But yeah, it's interesting to see somewhere like the impacts like that. It was not actually having to buy in beer or anything. It's their beer, you know. That, you know, it's just uh, yeah. You'd th- you'd think if anyone was going to uh, um, gain some benefit from current situation, somewhere like that, that's a, a walking destination, people spending more time outside, got mm. a big outdoor area. You think that they would be the at yeah. the very peak in terms of turning beer over, but so that's yeah. I mean, 50% it was, it was of the gas outside, lines already down. I suppose you've, yeah. you've not got the the inside. No, you haven't. You've not got your, no. you've not got your, your you've probably got your walk. You've not got as many of your locals who yeah. you know you see in there. You know, would go after work and stuff, or you know, people maybe not back at work still. You know, so yeah. doing that nip in for a pint thing. But yeah, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. But, yeah. So the cans this week, Dave, that you've got. Uh, yep. uh, what, so uh, 106 days later is what? What, what uh, style That's, is that? Um, so it's a style, we call it uh, transatlantic pale ale. It's not quite IPA. Uh, we, we, we sort of coined the term when we started brewing because it, it, um, it, it kind of merged British style very pale malt bases with American style hopping rates. Because mm. when I traveled to America, I loved how many, how much hop hops are used, but then they always tried, they, they always made it like 7% or more. And they always like tried to balance it with crystal malt and crap like that. So um, it's like um, what we wanted was dead pale um, and just, high bitterness and a lot of hop flavour and aroma. So it's, it's kind of like a lighter IPA. I suppose it's not too far from um, Session IPA, which actually came later. They just, they nicked our idea basically and called it something yeah. else. What I strength is it, Dave, out of interest? What strength, hmm? is, this, what strength is this beer? That- uh, 5.2, I think. Definitely a Session strength beer. Then, yeah. So, yeah, so I didn't feel right calling it an IPA when it's only 5.2. Um, and then the second one is that, which is, is called Calabra Cadabra. Um, it's a collaboration of Sheffield breweries, um, Lost Industry, Abbeydale, 
Neeps End and Blue Bee all came to the brew day. It was masterminded by Lucien from the Shakespeare for her festival of the same name. And it's a apricot and vanilla braggot. And then, so there's that. And then there's also a version of that that we aged in red wine barrels with more apricots and vanilla. And there's also, uh, I don't have one here, uh, there's also some bottles of Mermaid, which is a blackberry, blackcurrant and vanilla mead. And I think there's only about 30 in the world. And uh, Sean's got half of them. Come on, oh, oh, uh, you, you, uh, we should share, though, that uh, that you distribute to other beer shops in Sheffield as well, of course. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. So um, Hop Hideout's getting all of the cans. Um and then they'll also go to a couple of, I think they're going to Optimism, going to the Artichoke in uh, Norwich. Uh, trying to think if I've missed anybody. Anything on a bit as a, a, a simultaneous keg release as well, is there or not? All, all into can. Um, so the barrel aged Calabra Cadabra, I've just dropped a cask off at the uh, Shakespeare today. <clears throat> and then. When I was putting it from the barrel into the kegs, we had half a keg of it. And we also had half a keg lying around of a wine barrel aged sour grape IPA that I'd done with um, Chris and Kate from the Crow. So obvious thing to do was we blended it. So that's gone to the uh, Shakespeare as well. Wow. Sounds good. Sounds good. And what what have you got... um coming up kind of the rest of this year and, and further ahead what what have you got planned um i'm just waiting on the labels for we've done a collaboration with a german brewer uh so we've done a berliner brown beer which is a bit like a berliner weiss but uh, darker and a bit sourer we've done three versions of that so one's just a straight uh berliner brown one's got cranberry and red currant and one has got barrel aged with red currant and cherry so they'll be out in the next month or so the only thing i've got planned to brew now so with um emperor's brewery did the stout wars series um which were went phenomenally well series of 10 to 16 percent stouts um different barrels different um adjuncts and flavors uh so we're going to do uh, a series of sour wars so it's going to be 10 percent dark sour aged in different barrels with different fruits so they'll we're going to brew it next month but we'll have the launch will be probably next summer right it's just going to sit in the barrels for nine months I've got a feeling the Stout Wars, when we did our first episode, when we went down to Lost Industry for that very first interview, that might and you, you were there with um, the guy from Emperor's, and I'm pretty sure that was, yeah. it wasn't named at that point, but it was like, we're going to make these beers and we're going to split them off into all these different um, brewers. So yeah. You were definitely there in the background. Yeah, that was it. I remember that, yeah. So that's, so that's back in December uh, eight, eight, 17. Nine, 17 or 18? I think it might have been 17, yeah. yeah 17. I think it was January 9, right, 18 yeah. when we 
launched it snowed didn't it kind of out yeah. of nowhere we kind of went in it was fine and when we came back out it was like oh it snowed um that's <laughs> that's about all i can yeah that takes us back that right to the the very first ever hop cast outing all those yeah, all any, those years ago anything that was the first bit of recording we did at all and you were in the background Dave, am, I, am i right in thinking that your uh, Sheffield's sec- second most famous beer ticker as well. Would that <laughs> that'd be about right. How, how many are you up to at the moment? How, how many are you are you behind? More importantly, no, oh, no. I mean, I, I, I gave <laughs> I gave up properly beer ticking a few years ago on about twenty five thousand. Um, but I've had I've had about so that's British. So I gave up that, but. Well, you, you stop recording that. You mean you, you don't record that info anymore? You mean you've you've given up the chase? You're happy I with seconds? I still I've still got the record. I'm using Untapped now, so I've still got the record <laughs> of what I drink. But I yeah. don't. Whereas before, I'd walk into the pub. There'd be eight beers I haven't tried, so I'd have them all. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, well, that one's a twiggy bitter. Yeah. And, boring, and I don't like them, and so I'll only drink about two of them now. So, um, but yeah, I'm I've got to admit. Yeah, I've got to admit that, um, that, that there are almost fainting scenes in Beer Central if you save a, a non-sour beer currently. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have to have damp towels available for all staff, nothing to do with COVID. But if you save a beer that's, that's hoppy or, or brown, uh, we, we, we have to look after our staff. Um, I'm <laughs> I do save some Imperial Stouts as well. You do, um, yeah. It's, it's rarely, to be honest, I rarely bother with the hoppy ones because by the time I pick them up, they're not going to be fresh anymore anyway. Yeah. So yeah. certainly, I still I still enjoy um, IPAs, hoppy beers, but I just prefer to pick them up on keg or cask. Yeah. Above, but per- percentage-wise, now, yeah, would 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 sours be fifty percent of your your consumption? No, Seventy, no, 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 right. According to Untapped, it's about a third of my consumption. Is right, sour. right. Um, obviously, I'd like to uh, increase that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> most bars only have one or two on. Yeah. I, I, did, I did go to a bar in Germany last month that um, had about 20 taps and half of them were sour. So, wow. Get really good night. <clears throat> it's funny, actually, um, before, uh, for, for, for the listener's point of view, James and I didn't know that you were joining this until you literally joined the um, the call. Um, we did have someone in mind who wasn't sure they were going to make it, um, but Sean said he's is is going to pull in pull in a, a, a secret guest. But it's quite interesting because I was actually thinking of the guests, and one of the guests I was thinking of approaching was Phil Parkin, who did the um, the beer tickers documentary, which is where I know where I first saw you from. So you you, you actually like. <clears throat> You've you've been on like the the uh, the, sort of the silver the screen. screen, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you've got any memories of that or if you want to talk about that. But I, I still have very very yeah, fond memories good, of that. It was a good laugh filming it. Um, obviously, I mean Gaza um, was in it as well. Um, so this was just before we started the brewing. We had hoped we might just about squeeze the first brewing to like the end of the. Uh, film but I think it was just a bit too late and Phil just about managed to uh, scrape it into like the closing captions that we'd started brewing um, but yeah it, it was good fun uh, so I had a few beers um, 
obviously, I've not watched it for a while, but it's been on proper TV, hasn't it? Like I've seen it on like, like yeah, digital, like digital on, channels and stuff. It's been on TV, but they they edited it quite poorly. They did. They did. You're right. Yeah. Because um, so Phil sort of licensed it to them on the understanding that they would edit it in good faith. What they actually did was they more or less cut off the second half and then just nailed the last two minutes. And so, and then like sort of it got reviewed and it's like the story suddenly seems to just cut off. It's like, well, yeah, because you, you edited the shit out of it. Yeah. Half of it out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's interesting now to think about it because obviously some of the pubs that I go in now either weren't open then or certainly not in their current incarnation. Mm. Um, the pubs we went in then were different to where we go now. And, um, but the, the beer scene as a whole, like I say, when we started yeah. brewing, I mean, craft, literally the craft beer thing here hadn't happened then. So we were, to be fair, looking back, we were chasing around trying to get as many different beers as possible but actually the variety back then was pretty minimal it was we were probably changing some very very similar beers mm. which is kind of why i got bored of doing it and um stopped yeah. it you know we didn't have sours um you didn't get imperial stouts in pubs on a regular basis and mm. you didn't get big ipas double ipas it's all variations on a theme, really. Dave, you're almost as famous, uh, or I perhaps even more famous uh, than being a ticket and being a brewer than being a traveller as well. You, 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 you love a, a trip. I'm not even sure whether you're in Sheffield currently. I have no idea where where you, where am, you might be. I am actually in my house now. I've been in the brewery today. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Have, well, what's your fa- what's your favourite visit? I know you're a big fan of Eastern Europe. So, what, as a country, is there a place that you look forward to the most to visit in terms of your your personal interests? A few places on different levels. I mean, like I go, you know, I, I never get bored of going to India, but obviously I don't go there for the beer. Yeah. Um, really enjoy the Far East, uh, as you say, Eastern Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, different places have different charms. So is, there a, is there a surprise place that's got a, a perhaps a, a better beer scene than the most UK drinkers would um, would appreciate knowing? I mean, Argentina was one. Um, when I went, there was quite a bit around um, Buenos Aires and some other stuff dotted around. Before the lockdown, it had gone absolutely insane. There was just so much in Buenos Aires. And then all these little villages that I'd been to where there was absolutely nothing back then. Mm. Literally, your best you'd do was like the, the local fizzy lager from a corner shop. And now it's like, oh, that's got a brew pub now. And it's like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, Gaza was researching it for another visit um, just before lockdown. So we're, we're really hoping that... Um, they don't all succumb because I have no idea yeah. of um, aid will be available in Argentina to keep business. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was one. Um, I think some of the Asian countries have got quite a, quite a bit of craft. Um, 
but like India's got a lot of breweries cropping up. It's just most of them aren't very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Taiwan has actually got a fair bit in Taipei. Um, I think Japan's probably quite well known as having a good beer scene. Mm. Um, so if someone in you, sat at home now wanted a, a cheeky weekend away in Europe, let's say, oh, using your, oh, your love yeah. of low-cost Poland. Yeah, I'll say that. Well yeah. It's got one yeah. of the best beer scenes in Europe. You can still get 20 quid flights with Wizz there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gazza is there at the moment, I think. Is that he right? Is. He is. I, I, very, I very nearly went, uh, actually, this weekend, because I've only just come back, but uh, a friend told me there's a beer festival in Wrocław this weekend. Yeah, that's, where, uh, that's the last place I went, and I really, really enjoyed it. Really good places. Um, yeah, just cracking... Just, just, just properly well done, like craft beer pubs, but with a really good variation of beers and like local beers, not just trying to just pull all the beers out from, you know, English beers or American beers. Um, and quite a small place as well, so you can kind of just get around it a little bit easier. Yeah. I think Gdansk has a similar kind of thing yeah. as well, I think. Where it's... Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Really enjoyed Gdansk. Um, so I was in Poland a bit over a week ago. There was a beer festival in Warsaw. Um, not a very big one, just, um, I don't know, 30 odd taps, different, changed all the beers overnight. So we went Friday and Saturday and, um, different beers uh, and obviously the quality was really good and yeah, it was a really enjoyable little event. So I would have gone for this one in Wrocław, but I only found out at quite short notice and the flights were a bit more than I wanted to pay. Because this is um, so like twenty five quid, thirty yeah. quid, something like that. Yeah, it's about thirty five quid each way, which for a weekend's a bit steep. Yeah. The uh, price of the beer there's look fairly cheap, isn't it? If you kind of yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean obviously the domestic beer is like still like under a quid a pint. Mm. Um, the craft stuff is anywhere from sort of two quid a pint to Probably some probably five for a pint um, of, of the local stuff, and then obviously imports can be quite expensive. But then I don't really go for the imports. Gosh. I uh, thought Hungary was. I don't know if you have any thoughts like Budapest. I thought Hungary was quite kind of like not quite as kind of advanced as Poland, but I've had some quite Budapest is really good. Yeah. Outside Budapest, there's not very much. There's the odd brew pub, mostly quite trad. A little bit of craft but yeah it's very budapest centric um so i've just been there last month as well um anybody think there'll be in a lockdown or something no lockdown or something but is a uh, you swimming there yeah well one, one, once the lockdown finished um, <laughs> so where have i been so i started in hungary been to czech republic germany poland and italy over the last few weeks um Keep away from Dave if you're nearby. It's carrying Most it all. Of the, they've all got lower infection rates than here, so I'm actually statistically less likely to have the virus than any of you. <laughs> Just for reference, um, um, Gaza is um, now Team Toxic. Um, he's, got, he's, he's done it as a bit of history in other breweries since his, since um, you, you guys departed. Yeah, well, he, he, he started Hopcraft Brewery, while still involved in Steel City, 
but then kind of drifted away from Steel City as that became more full-time. Then that all finished a little bit, um, went a little bit sour at the end between the other business partners. Um, and then, yeah, so he set up Team Toxic, which has actually gone back to the cuckoo brewing like we do at Steel City. So they don't have a brewery. They, um, well, they go one step further than me because I still brew the beers. Uh, Gazza and his partner, business partner Sue, um, actually don't brew most of the beers now. It's a contract. They just give a recipe to nice. Liverpool, Liverpool Brewing Company and say, brew this and then they sell it and distribute it that quite common just as a, as a practice here no i mean on the polo and um evil twin and mickler and people have been doing it for years you know all these mm. like, you look a lot of the famous danish brewers like mickler they're actually brewed at proof in belgium uh, and have been for some years um so there's quite a few Big name brewers. That's the, um, there's one actually just going into a supermarket that um, from, uh, I remind what they're called, American American brewery that um, Thornbridge are doing. Um, you interviewed them, James. Um, Firestone Walker. Firestone Walker, yeah. There's a Firestone Walker going in supermarkets which Thornbridge are brewing. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it has. It's been brewed. It's canned, but that's been brewed. For them, uh, so, yeah, it's like some on the Apollo stuff, brewed at Buxton, and yeah, um, I kind of didn't imagine it at that kind of lower, like not you know, no disrespect, but that kind of lower level brewery, kind of smaller breweries, kind of actually selling recipes out, or not selling recipes, but I can imagine bigger breweries that have got the capacity for another bigger brewery abroad to maybe just can you can you help us out a bit, sort of thing. It's a logistical. It's, uh, it's like I think it's. Um, like a partnership between, I think it's Fierce in Scotland and Devil's Backbone in South Africa, and they brew each other's beers. So you can get Fierce beers in Cape Town, <laughs> which are brewed at um, Devil's, mm. uh, or Devil's, Devil's Peak, Devil's Backbone, whatever. And um, yeah, and then you can get their beers over here that are brewed at Fierce. It's quite, it's quite it's good in a way, really. Here's me thinking it's weird that Fierce have taken over uh, Thomas, the, um, yeah, yeah. the old marble place yeah, in Manchester. And then it was only afterwards it kept turned out that it's the old marble place. Yeah, see, it? is it Thomas something? 57 Thomas Street. Street. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually been. Um, I went out in Manchester last month on my way to the airport to go abroad, but we just did um, Bundabus. Um, Northern Monk, Beatnik's Republic, and Port Street. Mm. Oh, and uh, Cafe Beermoth. Mm. So just a couple the night before the flight. Decent, decent route. Um, I'm going to wrap things up because I think Sean's getting restless. I think his tea's about ready. Is it Sean? No, no. But my restlessness was to mention we mentioned Mikella there, and uh, this coming weekend is the first birthday um, of uh, Industry Tap. Uh, just down the road from from us in the city centre, Mikel are one of the breweries that they've got on. They've got a brilliant list, and uh, um, Darren's put a, a list that includes Lovig, some Mars of the Desert, Lost Industry. There are lots of different sort of things there. Neon Raptor, 
but Mick Keller is one of the headline uh, brewers that they're going to feature on their tap uh, from Thursday to Sunday, this coming weekend, their first birthday. Oh, cool. Another um, good. A big th- thumbs up to um, Darren as well, because um, I've popped in there a couple of times and the way they're dealing with stuff is really good. Um, you can I have not been in since. You can order uh, from yeah, you, you can do it through, you don't have no contact, you can go and like, um, you can get all the menu and stuff through, the, through, the, through like an app, you can pay through that and really? you can kind of like clock in essentially, but um, yeah, really, really nice. And um, I was pleasantly surprised to see it basically to, to, a, to a capacity essentially, um, not even in the evening, um, just popped in to see a friend because mm-hmm. um, I work next door, um, just popped in for a pint to see them and um, by the time I'd left after one drink, it was um, full, so. Good stuff. Yeah, so yeah, really uh, right. Good. Adam, give us a, uh, you've got a, a 10 second review of your beer. Um, very nice, nice bitterness, very sessionable for five and a half percent. Um, didn't taste old or that traditional, to be honest, actually really nice. Um, I've never had this on any kind of other format, so I've got nothing to compare it to, but, um, right. yeah, if you think, if you go into a supermarket and all the posh stuff's gone, have a look on the, um, brown bottle stuff and maybe pick up something like this. It's decent. That's a good call. Um, Dave, 10 second review of your beer. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on a different beer now. Um, oh. <laughs> I finished, finished the other one. So I'm now on uh, Fructify from the same brewery. Um, so it's a, a apricot, nectarine and vanilla sour. It's pretty decent. Not sour enough for me, unfortunately, but not many things are. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, easy drinking, really fruity. It's good. Most important thing before we let you go, Dave, um, how do you pronounce your surname? Smith, is it? It's Shvakovsky. That's easy enough. There we go. We'll all save that on our phones and we'll just play it back when we need to uh, to say it. Uh, Sean, 10 second review of your beer. I mean, it's a um, classic, isn't it, now? Yeah, here's a, uh, a, a nice bitterness to it. It's not too just sort of juicy and, and soft, so a nice bitterness to it. And... Uh, Summer Slurper, was that the title of the, the theme? I've even forgotten. <laughs> now, Last of the Summer Slurpers or something. Uh, I, I think that's that's the one. It's a great That'll do. Even if it's That'll not. do. That'll do. Uh, mine was the uh, Abbeydale uh, barrel-aged sour lager, uh, which has got loads of taste to it. Very nice, quite tangy, but um, I kind of feel like I should be sat outside in the sun drinking it. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's spot on for the uh theme that we had um gentlemen thank you very much um great to have your company great to see uh, laura and jim earlier on as well bit of a packed episode um, this time <laughs> around um so uh, yes thank you for uh, thank you for joining us and we'll be back in a couple of weeks see you later see you later Bye-bye. Ta-da.